0: Oh,
1: It's interesting because I never thought consciously we're never going out again. COVID is, you know, I, I figured it would somehow work itself out and we'd be back to, I didn't know how long. So I, I thought of this album, you know, this is this is going to be the timepiece of, okay, this is all, we're home. So why, why not write some stuff that is just nice to listen to, and then when we go back to being able to play shows, we can play our songs. It doesn't have to be these. And so I, I, I guess it is reflective of just being home, and I was also doing a lot of acoustic streaming stuff, so I was listening to a lot of acoustic stuff. And th- Maybe I thought of this as, this is just an opportunity, a once in a lifetime opportunity to just write for the song's sake and not have to worry about Performing it live because right now that's not a a given, guaranteed thing. So, why not write some stuff that we could just listen to? When we first talked with the members of Humphreys McGee last spring,
2: we focused on the first track and single off their 14th studio album, I Don't Know What I Want. A song written at the onset of the COVID 19 pandemic, it laid the groundwork for the music the band would compile for Asking for a Friend. Deeper in the album, we find How About Now, a somber and contemplative tune that picks up the themes of I Don't Know What I Want while asking a different
1: type of question. During the end of lockdown, we were, you know, I think September, before we got together, and I'd put the kids down, I was walking around, I locked the house up, and I was laying down and on the couch downstairs and I, there's a guitar next to the couch, and I was just like, eh, just pick it up. And I literally picked it up and played the, the guitar part for How About Now. And I was just sitting there for a minute, and I was, it was late, so I was playing very quietly because I didn't want to wake up my kids. And then I thought to myself, oh, that's that sounds like, mm, no, that doesn't sound, Mm. okay. So I just pulled my voice memo out of my phone, hit record, played it for 20 seconds, And then, you know, didn't think anything about it. I don't know, a couple days later, just was flipping through them and heard it. And I literally sat down in my basement and just re- decided to record it. I used this microphone. And I I didn't really think it was going to be a real thing, so I didn't put too much time into the. So I just recorded a, a basic demo of the guitar. And we ended up using that exact take for the album. And I, I remember telling Greg, I was like, we need, when it was over, I said, when are we going to do the guitar? And he said, we already did. And I said, no, that's my shitty demo from the basement. I, I'd rather do it for real. And he's like, okay, but I think you did it already. And then we listened to it. And I in my mind, I was like, okay, I could maybe do it better. But if, if, if it's good enough for them, then great, you know, let's just move on. Thank mm-hmm.
2: like much of Humphrey's past work, How About Now emerged in the moment and lives on in the moment it was written, free of the pressures to be their next great live track. It's a small breath at the end of Asking for a Friend that showcases the band's mindset over the past few years.
0: They get up to you, up to you All the stupid things I did maybe you forget
2: Welcome back to Talking Circles, a podcast about Umphreys McGee's 2022 album, Asking For a Friend. With the record released, we're diving into the deep cuts to give you the inside scoop on everything that went into the band's new record. In this episode, we're focusing on the short acoustic cut on the back half of the record, How About Now, a song written in a burst of creativity from Brendan Bayliss, without any expectation of it being cherished by his bandmates. It's an example of the maturity, dedication to simplicity, and vulnerability that the band expresses throughout the album.
1: Kevin Browning had mentioned uh, it's called One Sunday Morning. It's a Wilco song. And it's I think it's ten minutes. And it's just the same thing over and over. And I don't know, we were talking about what you know what are you listening to, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I've been putting this song on lately. And he said, have you ever thought about writing something where it was the same thing over and over and over again? And I thought about it, and I said, no, I haven't. So when I was listening to this and working on this, I thought about what he had said, and I was like, well, why don't I just do it now? And I think maybe that was how about now, even where the word, well, how about now? Now's a good time. So... I th- that If you listen to One Sunday Morning It's way more elaborate Way more beautiful, way more perfect But I was just doing a poor man's version Of the concept I When I, I sent it to everybody And I really, really didn't I almost didn't send it And then they all replied that they liked it And I was shocked You know, all of them liked it So I don't know Then I decided, okay, now i got to write the words.
0: Leave it up to me and I'll make it up to you sometime. All the stupid things I did, hoping maybe you'd forget. It was
2: just another song in a career of songs. An idea that Brendan Bayliss figured would come and go without much thought. But to his surprise, it was immediately welcomed by his bandmates. Later, his producer would encourage him to let the song exist in as close to an original form as possible.
1: Greg made me sing very quiet. had the compression cranked and the gain cranked and had me sing super, super, um, very delicate. And I never want, I didn't like it and I didn't want to do it. And the first mix of the song, he had it. The vocals were super out front, no reverb, very dry and naked and it, I was like dude you're killing me you gotta pull me back you gotta bury me <laughs> this is too too uh naked and up front
0: never said I really knew but everything I said was true anything you wanna know think you see seen how far I'll go
1: I wish I didn't have this level of doubt cause I think I'd have more output or maybe I would have shown more ideas that I haven't shared yet. At the same time, maybe it is also a good thing because it helps me to stay honest and be aware of the fact that just because I, I, I wrote something and wrote it down on paper and sang it into a microphone doesn't necessarily make it good and doesn't... Maybe no one's going to like it, you know? I don't know. It's I, I love this kind of music. I've always been a sit around the campfire Ever since I was got arrested when I was fourteen, ever since I learned how to play acoustic guitar, I was like, "Every rose has its thorn." Patience, Guns and Roses. Let's hang out for five hours. That that was my vibe. I've always dug Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and all the acoustic Beatles stuff. And so, for me, it's I'm always going to kind of be drawn to writing and listening to that stuff. Sorry to denim Dan and all the the heavy rockers that are going to be disappointed with my future
2: (laughs) sappy acoustic work. Writing from his purest perspective, Bayliss crafted lyrics that, like much of asking for a friend, paid homage to his heroes while being rooted in his own life and experience.
1: During COVID, being locked in with somebody, we got no outside interaction, right? So then it was like, okay, now we're really getting to reexamine everything. Maybe that self-doubt thing that I have, maybe it's worth revisiting because maybe I do need to fix myself and maybe I do need to step it up. Also, you know, set an example. Like, if if I'm going to be a piece of shit, that's okay for you to be a piece of shit. I don't want to be with a piece of shit. You don't want to be with a piece of shit. So I think it's probably a good thing to kind of take a step back and and just say, you know, maybe maybe you still need to earn this. Don't get lazy. Ironically enough now, I think I just completely called myself out because How About Now is probably the simplest lyric where I'm actually doing everything I just said that I hated, where it's super obvious and it's super easy and it was super, like, I remember listening to it and saying, I need to change a lot of this because this is just a rough draft and it's super basic and bland and I can do way better. But then part of me thought, you know what? Why don't you just let this be? Because you always you always tinker too much, so maybe it just it's okay to one time do the super obvious one. There's an art form to simplicity.
0: When I think I know I'm right, you still pretend like you're surprised. So what you think you need tonight? What you think of me right now?
2: Beyond the immediacy of the song in question, Considering How About Now offers an opportunity to continue to dive into Bayless's approach to songwriting and the ways in which he fuses intentionality with the magic of the moment.
1: I've always purposely tried to be vague. I don't like songs when I hear them on the radio, and before the guy gets to the last, the end of the line... When I already know what word he's going to rhyme it with, I'm already like, okay, turn him off. I don't want him. So I try and be super vague so it can kind of mean something to several different people. And there's times where I've written things that I'm writing about myself, and one or two of the guys in the band might think that I'm writing about them, and I'm like, if i'm making you think that then i'm doing something right and now i'm trying to rhyme it with this word and make it sound cool <laughs> so if i can make something that is tricking people into thinking too much and reading into it and then that's actually i guess the goal right i don't like i don't like the sun is out i'm suffering from gout <laughs> you know i'm full of self doubt let's go catch a trout I can't do it I was a big fan of still am of Eddie Vedder in high school and I think part of it was it was almost like a tough some of it to listen to you you know you listening to s- the shit on the radio and it was just just so surface and then I think he was just he was getting into heavier things and I always found that more interesting more compelling and I remember he there was some interview where he said that he didn't like explaining what the song was about because he said I've had too many of my favorite songs ruined by finding out that the guy wrote it about this and now I'm like ah I don't like it anymore you know and he said something to the effect of people are part owners and if they if, the, if it's left open ended they still have that ownership so it can mean what they want it to mean to themselves once you Say, nope, this is about this and exactly that. It takes that kind of away. I never
0: wanted to assume that I'm the best that you could do. Something you don't want to hear, I'll make it all disappear.
1: I don't ever see us really playing it live. Joel brought it up and he was thinking, and I said, you know what? It's okay to have a song or two that We don't play live because personally, if I go to see a band, maybe I don't want to see that, and maybe we wouldn't pull it off. Maybe it wouldn't sound sonically as good because it's very delicate—the background harmonies and all the percussive stuff, and the slide, everything about it is. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't feel the need to ever play it live. It, it's just. It's. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad it's out there. People can enjoy it whenever they want. Yeah, I. I'm still, you know, trying to wrap my head around how. It worked out but maybe there's something about that that vibe that you're talking about the the home that just kind of resonates with everybody and it's just kind of a nice little palate cleansing two and a half minute breather because we have so many things that are bombastic and on fire and exploding that it's okay to take a, a reset and it, you know it doesn't even have to be good or about anything it's just almost like a when you're wine tasting and you need to swish some water around before you go for the next thing this is i've always thought of this as just kind of a passing through but it's a nice pleasant drive pass through look at the view that's the vibe like the words are almost are meaningless it's just about the uh kind of uh the the feeling of just that music always makes me relax which which i need i need to relax yeah i i'm still surprised that everyone liked it and made the cut
2: On the next episode of Talking Circles, we'll dive into the final track on the album Work Sauce. Talking Circles is a production of Osiris Media and Humphreys McGee. Audio production by Matt Dwyer. Written and produced by Brian Brinkman, RJB, and Kevin Browning. All interviews and audio used with permission from Humphreys McGee. service, service.